Hello, welcome to the Creative Writing Life podcast. I'm Justin Sloan. And I'm Paul Zeidman. It's quite a thrill for me. I've known this guy for quite a long time on social media, but this is actually the first time we've actually interacted uh, in a video and audio kind of sense. Uh, he is professionally known as Nathan Graham Davis, but we'll just call him Nate today. Nate, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Uh, and, uh, you know, same, uh, it's, it's really cool to connect in this way after uh, all these years of kind of being in each other's circles and everything. Very so, much so. As I said before we jumped on, by the way, I, I'm a little sick right now, so we'll see what my voice does. I'm hoping it'll hold out, but. Fingers crossed. Yeah, that's no, exciting. So, yeah, so we came across you uh, from your show and then Paul through your social media for many years now, it sounds like. And so I'm excited to be speaking with you as well. I recently enjoyed your interview with uh, David L. Williams, who I had the pleasure of meeting at the Austin Film Festival and awesome. reading his script that was on the blacklist. And it was awesome. I was very impressed with the uh, the pacing and just what a great job he did. So today yeah, we're talking to you, though. <laughs> so we'll do a little introduction to who you are and all that stuff. But we always start off with just a what have you been reading or listening to or watching? And we can start and then you can think about it if you don't have an answer yet. Uh, yeah, if you have any good sure. books. Or um, so like. I am uh, currently reading two things. I'm reading uh, Dan O'Bannon's book on screenwriting, which was recommended to Sweet. me kind of recently. Um, just something I'd never even knew existed, but Alien was kind of a formative screenplay for me in my own education. So uh, it was cool to hear about that. So just going through that and that's been interesting. And then I'm uh, reading this uh, book on Isaac Newton as potential research for another uh, thing that I want to write down the line. Um, so that's been keeping me busy. Um, and then I'm trying to catch up on like all these great 2022 films. And like, I feel, I saw like over 30 movies in theaters last year. I feel like I've seen so much and yet there's still so much to see. It was just such a good year for movies. So, um, but yeah, so lots to keep me busy. For sure. And they just announced the Oscars, right? So, I mean, the Oscar nominees. So uh, yeah, they did. Yeah. Time to catch up if we haven't seen any of those or all of those. <laughs> I, you know, I thought I would have seen more of them. I mean, there were a few things on there that I hadn't seen. And I was kind of surprised were on there. And then there were other things that I expected to be on there weren't, but I guess that's the way it goes every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we should do an Oscar podcast one of these days, with, uh, but not yet. Paul, what do you got? You got anything for us? Yeah, I've got a double hit uh, for stuff we watched. Um, so my wife and I uh, had been highly recommended, and we finally sat down to watch the menu. And we get to get that get to that in a second. But she had to finish up some work. So while she was finishing up the work, I was just scrolling through uh, HBO Max trying to find something to pass the time. I hadn't seen it. <sighs> maybe even since it originally came out in the late 70s, was Star Trek, the motion picture. And this is the director's cut on HBO Max. And I thought, oh, well, you know, I don't remember the first, don't remember being that good to begin with. So I'll give it a go. It was so boring. They were just, they just <laughs> added scenes that had no dial. It was just extra long shots of like, you know, them flying around the Enterprise. And here's them going towards the, the mystery cloud. Oh my god, it just dragged on forever, just made it even worse. And it was just it's just not a good movie. And it looks so 70s. I mean, the uniforms and the sets and everything. It's just just hey, we we did this TV show 10, 12 years ago. We're just gonna do it with more money. And it really looks like they just expanded on the TV show. It was just so boring and just oh so it was just so bad. I, I couldn't get over okay. it. Probably Counter saw that when I was real young, but I don't remember it. Well. Don't don't revisit it. I right. you know just just start with two. That's the best one to kick off with, and, yeah. and you'll, you will you will have class. no regrets. So uh, so stopped watching that, and then we watched the menu. Wow, that why that did not get nominated for anything, like even really best good. screenplay. Oh, it was really it's such a dark comedy, and it's it's a 
got some it's that's the thing is i always was under the impression was it had horror elements but it's more thriller elements there's it's a little violence i guess is the best way to put it here yeah, and there it definitely had its own kind of you know own tone and vibe to it which was really yeah fun, you know? yeah but but having you know kind of being somewhat familiar with the restaurant scene there's so much of it that, that was so relatable and just like so many laugh out loud moments but it's a very dark comedy so if you yeah. like that kind of thing and you're, and you're familiar with that kind of world i think you'll like it very very much awesome uh i did watch let's see since we're talking about some of these oscar ones i did watch the banshee and she's of how do you say it no and she's of Inisherin. Is that right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm in a Facebook group of people who like talk crap about movies, and a lot of them seem to hate that one. Uh, oh, I really? enjoyed it wow. quite a lot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and people are picky with their own reasons, but I mean, as far as like just a fun movie with characters doing stuff, it's not like a huge high concept explosions or anything. But who cares? It, I thought the characters were great. I enjoyed the story. Uh, yeah, so my recommendation it's, is that's interesting yes. to hear you say because I feel like the narrative narrative that I've been seeing online, which I'm mostly on Twitter these days, has been that everybody's loved it. Um, okay. I wouldn't say I quite loved it, but I liked it a lot. It just I didn't quite feel satisfied by the story at the end. But I mean, the yeah. tone of it, the performances, the way it looked, like all of that was just perfection. So I mean, it was there were there were a lot of impressive things about it. Yeah, not at all like the story that I would have written, but I think that's kind of fun too because sometimes I don't want to just be like, oh, here's oh. another thematic or formulaic or something that I know is going to do like this. Oh, now they have to do a twist like this or, you know what I mean, guessing every five seconds. Uh, so anyway, on to you, Nate. <laughs> so you have a cool story where like you you made a comeback and all that and you're doing your comeback now. And uh, so let's talk about that and then we'll talk about your show. So tell us a quick version of of who you are. Sure. Um, so I am uh, a a dad living in Western Massachusetts with my wife and two kids. Um, and uh, this is pretty much where I've lived my whole life. I've tried to escape a couple of times. Um, when we were younger, we actually were going to move out to LA a couple of times. It just kind of never materialized. Um, but uh, the reason for that is because I started writing screenplays when I was 19. That's when I wrote my first one. Um, so I'm twice that age now. And uh, I've been doing it for a really long time. Um, I had a bit of a break when I was like, 26 or so 27 um and i optioned something signed with a manager was taking generals at you know big studios and things it kind of seemed like things were going to go and then within a couple of years all of that fizzled out and i had start kind of gotten my foot in the door at a pretty good day job so my first kid had been born my other was on the way and i decided to just kind of duck out of it focus on writing things that were more for me, like just to get something made. So I like wrote a graphic novel and stuff and I just focused on my day job. And that was kind of how things went for the next several years um, until 2020. I uh, really jumped back into screenwriting again. Just, I think um, that was a year where, you know, COVID hits and it just kind of feels like the world is ending. And, um, you know, I started to kind of think, what are my priorities and what do I really want to do? And I felt like I wanted to know that I'd really given the filmmaking thing a real shot um, and uh, just given it my best effort, you know? And then I, then I felt like if I, if I knew that I did that, I'd feel good about it. And so uh, I jumped back I just, in. Actually, and, if I just yeah. interject, I kind of remember like a friend of yours, like kind of like motivated you or motivated yeah. slash inspired you to get back into it. Not on purpose. Um, but mm -hmm. yes, uh, my, my good friend, Mike Morin, who, uh, I've known for years and years and just one of those guys that, you know, constantly were messaging back and forth almost daily. Um, he uh, had asked me if he could bounce a log line off of me. Um, and he had like kind of said it and like, I know you're not a screenwriter anymore, 
um, but can I bounce this log line off of you? And I was like, yeah, sure. But in my mind, I'm like, you know, hey, like I might be a screenwriter still. Like it's kind of like still part of who I am. I just haven't done it in a while. And um, there was kind of this clash with my identity there. So I think that was definitely part of it too. Um, and so I just started thinking about it. And, you know, within probably 10 days of that message, I decided not only to like jump back in and write another screenplay, but to actually document the whole process of that on YouTube and document my process of trying to break back in. Um, and, you know, at that point, my only contacts really were other writers. So, you know, I didn't have representation, certainly. And I knew I would just kind of need to start from scratch to some degree. So that's what I did. And uh, amazingly, about a year later, uh, I signed with my manager now, Jeff Belkin at Zero Gravity. And we optioned an old script of mine uh, to a production company, uh, which was really, and they were really excited about it. And they kind of fast tracked it. Um, and, you know, a year later, that movie was produced. So uh, just last year in, in uh, late spring of uh, 2022, that movie was produced and it should be coming out in late spring, summer of this year. It still hasn't been announced yet. So I can't talk about details too much, mm -hmm. but, you know, legitimate Hollywood movie, um, you know, and uh, just really incredible how everything lined up this time around. That's great. I actually did what so I did so I did watch some of the videos about, about re-entry and I thought it was really a great idea to kind of I guess you were getting advice, but you're also getting feedback on, on this is on a new script from a lot of the people you were talking to. I mean, it wasn't just writers because you were talking to people in the industry and also I guess people from production companies and just people it kind of in the universe of the industry that you're trying to break back into. So how were you able to coordinate all those meetings? And did that really help, um, especially developing the script, did that really help uh, the script improve for you? I mean, I, I definitely think the process of doing that series, because it was like, you know, 26 episodes and interviews every time and different. I, the way I kind of structured it was, I would have a conversation about whatever element of the script I was working at, on the time with the people that I was, uh, you know, connecting with um, and get their take on how they approach that type of thing. Um, so whether it's outlining or the first act of a movie or whatever, um, I had screenwriters give me note pro screenwriters, give me notes on camera on my first draft and my second draft of the script. Um, and, you know, that was kind of a scary thing to do to put that out there, but it was also a really cool process. Um, and, you know, just kind of doing that and really like digging into the nitty gritty with all these people um, was just, it was an excellent experience. And I definitely think it made not only the script better, but me better as a writer. Um, I think the only person in that series that wasn't like really, so like Jeff Willis is an executive at Marvel, but he, I know him because he's also a screenwriter and um you know and, and clint jones is not a writer he's a director but other than that it was pretty much all pro writers you know and and they're for the most part were just people that i knew from the last time around and maybe had sort of stayed in touch with but probably hadn't talked to in, at least in a few years and so i just kind of emailed or reached out on facebook and said hey would you be willing to be part of this and, and uh for the most part people were totally into it so uh, a lot of generosity and uh, it was a great experience Really cool, really cool. So what did you do in those years in between, did you say? Uh, or do you want to yeah, say? Yeah, I mean, I mostly just focused on my day job um, and uh, wrote stuff for me. So I wrote a graphic novel called Malice and Mistletoe, which um, Jack Purcell, who's an artist, uh, has done a lot of DC and Marvel stuff. Uh, he lives near me, and I found him randomly. 
as I was thinking about doing this as a graphic novel. So I asked him if I could buy him a couple beers and just pitch him the idea and he was into it. So we co-created that together and just raised 10 grand on Kickstarter and put it out there that way. Uh, mm -hmm. And that was a lot of fun because um, it was just something purely for us. Um, and then I uh, wrote a ton of short stories during that time. Um, in that time, I did write one script, which I really didn't end up doing anything with, um, but is now doing something, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just kind of uh, taking time away to more focus on me and having young kids and, and all of that. So I know how that goes. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, about kind of the, one of those uh... things that I couldn't escape from. So it just whatever yeah. reason, it's part of my identity and I had to get back to it. Did you have a strategy with the short stories? Like, were you thinking about going the novel route as well? Or is it just something to get um, the creative? Yeah, out? I started work on a novel. Um, and I think, you know, I, I figured at, the, at that time, I was thinking I probably would write novels at some point. But it wasn't like something that I was, I, I wasn't being super strategic about anything at that point. I was mostly mm -hmm. just writing for the sake of writing and just enjoying it. So, yeah, you know, I wrote probably like 35, 40 short stories. Um, tried to put some of them out there, just publishing in magazines or whatever. Um, had a little bit of success with that, but nothing crazy. Not that there's like a huge market for short stories these days anyway. You know, if you get in like the best pro magazines, you know, you might be lucky to make a few hundred bucks and maybe 10,000 people see it or something, you know? So it's like, yeah. that's like the cream of the crop. And so it really is, yeah, it's, it's something that you do because you love it, which I definitely did. And I still want to do more of that. Yeah, yeah. For the record, the um the way that I've found the best success with short stories in terms of money is Fiverr and places like that. Just go on there and say, really? I'll write you a short story, especially if you have some credits behind your name or something and they want you in their anthology, then they'll uh, dish out some uh, bigger bucks for that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Wait a minute. What? All right. Hold on. Hold on. We're turning this into a note taking session. All right. Um, so, so really, you go on Fiverr and say, I'll write you a short story and people pay you to be in their anthology. Yeah, yeah, I've done a few of those. And uh, Fiverr, Reedsy, my wife did a company called Kubrick. She started it, and it's another one like that. And uh, yeah, those kind of places where you can just go on there and say, I'm willing to do this. And then just list a nice price that's kind of up there that you're like, because I don't want to use my time if, you know, if yeah. either I don't really just, it's not something I really want to write from my own heart or, uh, you know, just spending your time on something that's not yours. It's like, it better be worth it in some way. So, and if they think so it's worth you, it and they have the money, then why not? Are you ghostwriting it or are you... No, no. Um, no, because so, usually they want the name on it as well. So you could do a ghostwriting. I have both on there. I haven't done it for about a year now, but I, I when I was doing it, I was actually do, making as much for my books as I was doing this stuff. And then I would put ghostwriting, or if I really love it, uh, I'll put my name on it and take a little bit less off usually because I feel like that way it's a, uh, um, I don't know. I don't know why I did that. I just did. <laughs> but yeah, so a thing that we could cool. always so, uh, coach so you on present, if you're curious. They'll present you with the idea or something like that or, yeah, yeah. or the general premise of, or the, or like the theme, theme of the anthology something. usually yeah. so okay. yeah they're like we want to do an anthology based on space marines and on a planet fighting big bugs or something like that you know oh yeah so, i'm probably yeah. going to do this i really Sweet. am glad that you mentioned that because it's <laughs> like i'm gonna have i'm gonna have a need to find at least some income you know uh because i'm quitting my day job in a couple yeah. months and like you know there are several things in the works but like those might hit this summer or it might yeah. take longer, you know? So um, having, having little things like that uh, could be really useful. Cool. We got to bring value to you as our guest, as well as you bring value That's to great. us. Well done. <laughs> the other thing I'll throw at you and for people listening was that just being open to all these new weird things going on, right? Like when the NFT stuff was going big, 
I jumped in and did some of that as well. I was like, ah, I could write some NFT stories, right? Build your world for your NFT project. And then that resulted in a lot of business. And then uh, now AI, I don't really know how to leverage that yet, but I'm sure there's something there. Uh, I'm so. playing around with it right now, actually. Um, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm coming around on it. I'm fairly pro writing AI right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's fun it's as a tool, right? Yeah. So I mean, a podcast I, I episode like about it. My, I initially had this like emotional reaction to like, what the fuck? Like, I've been like, can I, actually, can I swear on this? I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, um, but uh, like, you know, I've done all this work. I've been, you know, writing forever. And like, you know, people are going to come in and like, try and like, just create a program that lets them do the writing for them. And then, you know, I started looking into it and realizing, oh, this could actually be a really useful brainstorming tool, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, so I've been playing around with it a little bit. And I think after I finish the script that I'm writing right now, I'm going to purposely try and write one with kind of augmenting my process using AI and just see how that feels and and maybe even nice. documenting it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to bring you back on at some point then. Cause we did a podcast episode where we just chatted about it, but we haven't like interviewed somebody who's used it extensively aside from myself. So that'll be fun. But uh, what, what, what separated you from like that stuff to why, you know, aside from the identity screenplay writing, screenwriting is the thing for you. Like what made that in your heart? I mean, I have just always loved movies. Um, and I think that that's a huge part of it, you know? Um, like, I mean, I just, I think back, I've got all these like formative movie experiences, you know, like getting like the first big one was Jurassic Park for me and seeing that in theaters and my dad and just, you know, things like that, um, that really, I think are are big. And then I, I think also digging deeper as is something that I've kind of realized about myself as I've thought about this type of thing over the years is probably the fact that like, I was bullied a lot as a kid. And I think it like this, there's like this weird thing that comes out of that, of like needing to prove yourself on some kind of like grand stage or whatever, you know, and like what bigger stage is there than movies. Um, and so <laughs> that's maybe less healthy. Um, but, you know, if you're looking for honesty, I think that's part of it. For sure. For sure. Cool. Now, uh, and I'll ask, and I'll see you if Paul wants to jump in, just uh, any so far, like big lessons learned as you've made your uh, comeback uh, so far, like where it's like, oh, I should have done this earlier in my return to Hollywood or even the first time around, man, I wish I had done that. I mean, then. all sorts of things. And one thing that comes to mind, just because I was talking about this with somebody else recently, it was, um, you know, I think if I, I have uh, developed like a couple of good friendships with uh, actors that were on the movie. And hmm. um, that's been like an amazing thing just to kind of like discuss with them you know, their approach to these roles that I wrote um, and, and how they thought about them and mm. and the depth that they brought to those characters that, in ways that I had never even considered. It, it was like really fascinating to me. Um, and a lot of those conversations have been inspiring and kind of made me think about things differently as I'm writing now. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. So I never really knew any actors beforehand. Um, and I think that would have been, you know, I, I I networked and um, met like a lot of writers and became friends with a lot of writers over the years. And I, I kind of think it would have been great to cultivate relationships with other people kind of working in the same medium, whether it's actors, directors, whatever, because, you know, similarly, I had an incredible experience working with uh, the directors on a movie that is, um, you know, kind of moving along now. They So we've uh, got producers and directors attached to that. And I did a couple rewrites with the directors and just learned a ton from it um and uh so that's all been really powerful and informative and uh you know if i could go back i think i would have spent more time kind of building those relationships because i think that's really useful awesome that's pretty cool so i actually wanted i had some questions about you um obtaining representation and then kind of what happened after that so uh was it um i get 
was your manager first um, made aware of you? Like, did you contact him or did he see your videos and then said, hey, this, you know, this sounds really interesting. You know, I, I want to know more. And he got in touch with you and you just kind of established things. And also, uh, you know, I, I'm going to toot your horn for you that, you know, your your script, The Continuum, I know it came in, it made silver for sci-fi and page last or last yeah. year or two years ago. Uh, 21. 21. Okay. I, I, it feels like last year. Uh, I'm sure. So, I'm sure. So, I, I mean, that. did that what, did that play a, a role in helping you get representation or had you already gotten representation before that? So, I mean, I just kind of like just talk us through how the whole thing played out. Yeah. Um, so, Paige came after I already had representation. Um, so, it was just kind of like one of those things where, where it was like, it was an amazing honor, but also I had already kind of achieved the things in the last couple months that you would hope to achieve as a result of that. So it's kind of a funny way things or it was kind of funny the way things worked out. Um, my manager in like the story of how I became represented by him is very convoluted and funny. Um, and like the way it all worked out. So I had queried him, um, years ago. Um, and, uh, like right after I, right before I got out of things the first time, I, I had let go of my manager and kind of spent a little bit of time looking for another one. And so he was one of the people that I queried uh, and he liked my samples. Um, and it was like, Hey, you know, I don't think these are for me, um, but send me your next one for sure. So whatever. Um, and so when I decided to jump back into this years later um, on Facebook, he was like a mutual friend with like 30 people or whatever, just because of all the writers I've gotten to know over the years. And so along with you know him and along with a few others i just said you know what what the hell i'm just gonna click add and if they don't have me back they're not gonna remember so whatever um so i did um and i just after he did i messaged him and said hey this is who i am you read a couple scripts of mine back in the day enjoyed them just wanted to say hi whatever uh that was it and like so he's like great glad to meet you and we didn't talk again but then as kind of i was going forward with everything I would post about my videos once in a while. And then um, I had some success putting an old script of mine on the blacklist in like June of 2021. 20, uh, and so this was a really old script of mine and it was like doing quite well. And it went a little bit viral on Twitter, which resulted in a ton of downloads and stuff. And so I um, posted on Facebook that, you know, it was really funny to me that my old script was doing this when my newer stuff wasn't getting any heat. And like, basically, it seemed like I peaked, you know, eight years ago or whatever. Um, and so um, Jeff, like, I guess, went and downloaded it as soon as he saw that, read it, messaged me on Facebook and said, hey, I know exactly who to take this to, but I need to do it right now. Um, would that be OK with you? And like, you know, we'll talk about representation later. I was like, yeah, sure. It's not doing anything else. Go for it. Let's see what happens. And so he was absolutely right. The guy he took it to had just kind of changed companies and he was looking for something like that. And so we had an option offer on the table within like two or three weeks and then signed after that because everything was moving so fast. We hadn't even really gotten a chance to sit down and have like an hour long Zoom or whatever. So um like I said, very convoluted, um, but uh, you know, it worked out. That's great. That's a great story. And I think that's also kind of a good reminder to a lot of writers that they always think like, oh, you know, I, if I don't get representation, it's not going to happen. But, you know, it, it's all about you making it happen and that you also, you weren't, you weren't knocking yourself out trying to get representation. It just kind of, it worked out that way. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, the funny thing is I had been querying managers like two months beforehand on the newer script that I'd written um, for the reentry series. And I wasn't getting any bites, like nobody was reading me. And that was so frustrating because, I mean, I still think that's the best thing that I've written. Um, and it was just like, I couldn't even get anybody to say, I'll read it, which was weird to me since like in the query, I was able to say I, I had a script optioned by this person, all this, like I thought I'd get some bites, but didn't. Um, and you know, whatever. Um, and then it was this old script that ended up doing everything for me. Um, I hadn't queried Jeff on that other script because I kind of figured he was watching everything on Facebook anyway. Like every once in a while he would like something that I posted. So I figured if he was interested, he'd reach out and, and sure enough, it worked out that way. Um, so, uh, you know, it's just one of those funny things. And now actually that script is moving forward. It has producers attached, but it was just kind of, I think, a less hooky concept in terms of the things that you might query on. And, and that's why it got less uh, response that way. And also you, cause you said you had put that older script on the blacklist and that's also kind of what generated so much interest yeah. in it. Do you think that that played a huge factor in everything that's happened? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's funny. Cause like, you know, it, it's funny to like say that a service like that, like had so much uh, impact, but it totally did. Like, you know, I still think like I, I would have found found another way to get things out there, but I don't think that things would have lined up with this particular movie that just got made without the blacklist. Like that was the catalyst that kind of got the ball rolling and things moved very quickly, you know, so I, I do think that was a huge part of it. That's great. That's great. So um, just blanked on what I was going to ask. You. Oh, and so so what you said that you're going to you're going to quit your day job and kind of focus primarily on writing. So, I mean, do you have more projects lined up or I mean, your, oh, yeah. uh, your manager, your manager getting you meetings and all the, all that stuff. So I'm super busy, um, which is a great thing to, you know, great situation to be in. Um, you know, like right now I'm doing a rewrite on uh, script for producers. I'm working on finishing up my work in progress, um, spec, a new spec that, you know, we want to take out uh, this spring. And uh, then I'm also producing on a movie now too, an indie uh, movie with like low six figure budget um, that a friend is writing and directing. Um, so, you know, between those three things, I'm already quite busy. Our, the funny thing is I haven't been taking a ton of general meetings, just random ones that have kind of come up here and there um, because our strategy has always kind of been that with this movie coming out, we were going to try and take out a script close to the same time and kind of just create this big splash there. Um, and so I've been working on that script um, and uh, hopefully that'll be ready to go and, you know, a couple months beforehand. And then 2023 will be the year that we go hard and hopefully that'll uh, turn into some more momentum. We'll see. But Excellent. That's fantastic. Justin, anything yeah. else you got to ask Mr. Davis here? Yeah, let's talk about, we mentioned briefly your show where you interviewed uh, David Williams and others. And uh, so, yeah, anything you want to share about that or other, uh, whatever other endeavors you have going on, just, and uh, how they're helping you grow and what kind of insights you've had from them. Yeah. Um, so like with the new series that I'm doing or mm -hmm. like. Going pro, is that what you said it was called? Yeah. So like that's that series is um, I thought it would be cool to kind of dig into just the new things that I'm learning and discovering as I'm um, like now working professionally and that that were kind of either surprising or caught me off guard or whatever, um, just because there are so many. And I feel like. I haven't seen um, as many screenwriting resources in that space. Like there's a lot about how to write a script or how to break in 
Um, and then you've got things like script notes, which are from like really incredible established writers who've been doing this for, you know, decades. Um, but like, this is an interesting time period of like, you know, I'm actually working now and doing this professionally, but like figuring it out as I go. Um, and there's a lot that's surprising to that. So um, I just think it's kind of a cool thing to document and capture. And so I'm trying to also in interview writers who are kind of at the same time in their careers along the way as well. So nice. that's what I've been doing there. And uh, yeah, I put that first one out with David Williams, um, which was really cool. And people seem to love that. I've got another one coming up um, in the next couple of weeks with Robert Brockway, who wrote this script called Billy Karate that was, um, you know, oh, yeah. really seen a lot last year. Um, and uh, just really great, uh, you know, comedy, action comedy writer. Um, and he was actually almost one of the founding members of uh, Cracked.com. So interesting guy as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's... Um, it's been fun to do. Um, and I've got, like I said, lots keeping me busy. So uh, really enjoying it all and just kind of trying to be grateful for it and take it as it comes. Yeah. What do you anticipate most in terms of anxiety levels or excitement levels? Uh, <laughs> what are you looking wow. forward to with being a full-time writer? And uh, I have some thoughts on the anxiety side of it. I can. I mean, the on. anxiety side is definitely like, you know, I've got two kids, right? So like, I mean, I definitely need to find a way to generate income, um, yeah. you know, and so it's an interesting way to look at things um, when you're talking about art or whatever, but it's just the reality of it. Um, and so, you know, finding ways to generate income is really important and there's definitely some anxiety there, I think, and fear there, but it's also super exciting. I mean, it's like, I've dreamed of being able to do this my, like as my full-time thing for half my life, you know? And uh, so to be able to actually do that and structure my day completely around that, that's really, really exciting. And I'm, I'm super looking forward to it yeah i'm pumped um, for you you got projects coming yeah. out and more things down the line so i, I feel like you're yeah, gonna and like you know and I'm, I'm dipping in my toe into producing now too which i'm Sweet. really really excited about that's something that i've been wanting to do too i think there's a lot of crossover with my my day job which is in the financial industry um and so it's fun to kind of take those skills to this um and so that that movie's called urban ed and uh, i'll be talking a lot more about that for sure um nice. but it's directed and, and written by wade wofford and absolutely wonderful script so nice i'll throw out there for you or anybody else listening my thought on the on the anxiety thing is uh, uh yeah i was like full-time author for five or six years with three kids and it was crazy because sometimes author income is not as good as it should be otherwise sure. and sometimes it's great you never know uh, but what i ended up doing finally is just like teaching myself like i don't need to be pushing all the time the best way to deal with that anxiety is to give myself a saturday morning to just like play video games or something just chill just have a good time and that as stupid as that is, because it's taken away from being productive. So it should be more anxiety driven, right? <laughs> but yeah, just giving yourself that mental space to to heal, I think is very important. So uh, hopefully you won't ever have to deal with that's that. It'll just advice. be golden the whole way along. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that's important. And, you know, honestly, like, I'm even trying to do that right now. Like, you know, yesterday, like I, I try and hold myself really accountable to getting, you know, things I need to get done every day. I make a list every morning and, and go after it. And, you know, yesterday was a day where I, I, could tell I probably wasn't going to get anything, everything done. And I just kind of let it go and, and sat down and played video games with my kid. And uh, you know what, that was, that was great. And it was a good way to just kind of like, you know, enjoy the evening and today's a new day. Right. So nice. What, what game are you guys playing? If you mind sharing. Uh, he got FIFA. Okay. For Christmas. Cool. He got really into soccer last fall uh, and then the world cup happened. And so now it's like his thing. So uh, I've been playing okay. that one. Um, usually we're like super smash or something like that yeah yeah we started playing super smash for uh just recently he got a reward for something my son nice so, yeah that's that's time. such a fun one to play with kids <laughs> yeah yeah 
All right. Uh, I don't think I have anything else. Any last shout outs you want to give or ways people can find you if you want to be reached on social media websites? Um, yeah. So uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at, N- at NGD Writes um, and the same thing on YouTube. And uh, I feel like I've shouted out everything as far as my projects. So I'll just shout out my wife and kids because they're awesome. <laughs> there you go. Paul, anything else? Good? No, I think I'm good. Uh, Nate, this was really fascinating to hear because, I mean, I've been able to watch your videos and kind of uh, follow you online and your social media, but it's really great to just kind of really get it unfiltered from the source itself. And I think it's it kind of puts a, a unique perspective on it. And it also gives a lot of people, hopefully, who've been listening and watching this to really stuff to think about and think about, okay, maybe I can try that. Or what's what, what's my approach that I can take that, you know, Nate did it, it worked for him. This is what I can do. Yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, there is no, like everybody's approach or that works or every it's different. Like everybody's a different path and you just got to kind of find ways to put yourself out there and, and keep doing it until something hits um, and uh, try a bit of everything. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, listeners, thank Thanks, you. Guys. You can appreciate you having me. Yeah. Check out Nate's movie when it comes out. I'm sure we'll do some shout outs and social media to promote it. And once again, uh, leave reviews for the show, spread the word of mouth, all that. Uh, this is Creative Writing Life. I'm Justin Sloan. And I'm Paul Zeidman. You can check out my screenwriting blog, Maximum Z, MaximumZ.blog. I've also got my books on Amazon, the Go Ahead and Ask series, interviews about screenwriting and pie, volumes one, two, and three. Like you said, he's Justin, he's Nate, I'm Paul. This has been the Creative Writing Life podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, go write something. <laughs>